0: You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e-commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow.
1: Ryan, good to talk to you again. Today, we're going to talk about remarketing and re-engaging your audience. How does that sound?
2: Oh man, nothing gets me more excited, John. No, uh, <laughs> remarketing is a huge piece of online marketing driving traffic. So it's, I think, an often overlooked piece of digital marketing. So I'm excited to dive into some of these details with you and, and hopefully shed some light on the mystery that is remarketing for most companies.
1: Yeah. So I really want to talk about a few things today. I think, you know, what do you do when someone doesn't convert on your site? So you spend a ton to get folks to a site, but then when they don't convert on that first visit, because let's face it, most visitors aren't going to convert on their first visit. uh, How do you keep marketing to them and close the sale and get that conversion? So as my understanding, and hopefully you're going to school me on this today, this is typically what is called remarketing, and it can be extremely powerful when done right. I do know that. Tell me a little bit about how you and the team at Logical Position define remarketing. Man, nothing
2: as a marketer can make you more frustrated than somebody not doing what you wanted them to do when they came to the site. Because you spend all this time and energy sculpting traffic, eliminating waste, saying, all right, they are searching for my exact product and service. They are ready to buy. They are ready to put a credit card in. They get them to the right category or the right product page. And then conversion rates on websites dictate that for almost every company we work with, over 90% of that traffic goes somewhere else to do something and not take an action. And that just is frustrating, especially if you do some of those real-time heat map watching and watching people on your site behind the scenes. Oh, You just get frustrated. Like, Why did you click that? <laughs> what? What's wrong with you? What You should have just gone and clicked add to cart and buy. But remarketing ends up becoming the step in the process next. So you almost need to look at remarketing as a bunch of different layers. Like it's not just one simple, oh, we remarket, we're good there's search remarketing, there's remarketing through email, there's remarketing through display ads. I mean, there's so many different things you need to be doing and be aware of in the e-commerce space to help bring those people back to the site and take the action you want. And each one of them needs to have a lens of what's the return? Am I doing it properly? Is it generating the type of return that I need it to be as its own entity? So when you look at Driving traffic through paid search, and you know, I think one of our earlier podcasts, we talked about all traffic is paid traffic at this point. It is requiring some level of investment to get that traffic to your site, whether that's just time, energy, money, thought, something's happening that you're putting out there to bring people in. So paid search, hopefully there's a return that's making sense with paid search as its own entity. Search, shopping, Bing, Google, Yahoo, whatever that looks like for you, hopefully there's a return that makes sense an additional marketing piece needs to be remarketing. And it needs to have a return that makes sense for the business and for the products and services that you're selling. Within that remarketing entity, there's different layers within that that say, okay, there's this type of remarketing and this type of remarketing and this type of remarketing. And each one of those has different expectations for return. So it may be five years ago, remarketing was kind of vanilla. And now we have the Baskin Robbins, if you're in the Oregon area and you know Baskin Robbins, (laughs) the 31 flavors, there's all these different things you can be doing with remarketing that for some brands, it's overkill. You don't have enough traffic to use all these wonderful different things. And other brands are using just the most basic remarketing. They should be using a really complex additional layers of remarketing to help drive different types of traffic, different ways with different expectations. So brands should be doing it. And they should be doing it more than likely more complex than they are. I think on average, most companies are not utilizing all the things they can be doing, even just through the simple Google platform of remarketing. There's a lot
1: there. So I look at this as two sides, right? One is, what is the data that you need to be tracking? Or where are the points where you can then have data to know who to remarket to? And then on what channels can you be remarketing. So maybe we break that down. What events or, you know, obviously there's the simple page view, right? Somebody views a particular page, like a product detail page, you can then start remarketing that product to them. What are some other options there for how to get data to know who to remarket to?
2: For simplicity purposes right now, let's just focus on the Google remarketing platform. Most companies are at least familiar with it. Most people probably understand conceptually what the Google remarketing is inside the Google Ads platform. All remarketing is dependent on the data you're putting into these lists that you're remarketing to. If you've got really crappy lists, you're probably going to get crappy remarketing results. And so step one is understand how you are breaking up your data. I would say as a general rule more granular is better because you can combine those audiences into bigger groups. So if you have really granular data sets within your lists in audiences, wonderful. Use those, make sure they're in there. You can always make bigger groups, but if you don't have the small granular groups, you can't get to them. So at least set them up there, whether you use them or not, at least get them in there. And so by granular groups, I'm talking about, you should have a list for shopping cart abandoners. When I say list, it's an audience within mm-hmm. Google Ads. So let's have one for shopping cart abandoners. Let's have one for product viewers, so people that have viewed a product page. Let's have one for people that viewed a category page and people that only viewed the homepage, went to the homepage and left. Site depth would be a good way of looking at that. Like The deeper they go on the site, the more likely they are to convert through remarketing, and the messaging is probably different. And so what we see when we do this, when we add these in, and we, we add the audiences in for not only display ad remarketing, which is an important piece to follow people around appropriately, and we'll talk about some of the details on what's appropriate and what isn't later, but also remarketing lists for search ads. So if people go back and there's a heavily researched product that, hey, I found this one, it looks like it's good, but let me go back to Google and do a couple more searches to make sure that I'm you know not leaving a lot on the table as far as options or price point, you can bid on those people differently based on where they went on your site now. And what we see, generally speaking, you're going to have a higher return on remarketing the further down into the site they went. For example, people that were a shopping cart abandoner that you're remarketing to are probably going to have a higher return on remarketing than the person that went just to the homepage and bounced. Fits logic generally too.
1: So these are all intent signals, right? You're looking for high intent.
2: Yes, to a degree. So if somebody comes to a shopping ad, they're obviously going to land on a product page. That same searcher could also land through a text ad on a category page, right? The search is exactly the same. I'm looking for a purple widget. If I click a a text ad, I should land on a category page for purple widgets. But I could also have clicked a shopping ad and landed on a product page. So same search, same intent that we saw on Google, went to different spots on the site. But if I landed them on a category page and then they went and clicked on a product page, we're probably getting the same level of intent on a purchaser as we're there. Like if I clicked on the product image with a price point off of Google to your site, probably p- likely that they're looking to purchase one rather than I'm clicking on a text ad because I'm going to go to a category and do some more research. And then if I bounce, remarketing me maybe a little bit different than somebody that took an extra step.
1: Okay. Now, that covers the what you should be looking at to form that audience, as you call it, right? And the, And it's not a list because you don't, know who's part of that audience specifically, right? You can't get the individuals. Google kind of masks that and tells you generally how many people are in that audience. Is that correct?
2: Yes. And then each audience will tell you how many people you can remarket to on the display network and YouTube versus on a remarketing list for search ad. Because then you might have 100,000 people in that audience, but maybe only... 30,000 of them you can remarket to on the as a remarketing list for search ads type mm-hmm. thing. Um, and there's always going to be different numbers around those because of how Google's collecting data and allowed to present information around that if, as a remarketing list. Okay. And so if you have medical devices of some sort or you're treating some medical problems, you may not be able to remarket at all on Google because that could potentially be personally identifiable information if you share a computer with somebody and you don't want them to know that you may be feeling sick, you may have these symptoms, or you may need, you know, I'm older than my wife, so maybe if I need a knee brace, maybe I don't want her to know that I'm getting old and fragile. (laughs) So (laughs) Google won't let people remarket to me because my wife might see that ad. That type of thing is a limitation within remarketing
1: based on some products. We both know we're getting old and fragile, so we'll leave it at that. (laughs) But in terms of the platforms of which you can then take that audience and market to them. I heard you say search terms, search ads. I heard you say YouTube. Obviously, display ads, right? What other mediums can be used for remarketing?
2: YouTube is a big one that I think most companies overlook. And there's this general opinion or thought around YouTube being complicated or difficult because you have to create a video and there's that barrier to entry there. Creating a remarketing video is really not difficult. It can even be very basic. It doesn't even have to involve human or video. It could just be static images with voiceovers or image text There's a lot of things you can do to make a pretty basic video on YouTube that can still be effective, but the cost of YouTube is so low that your reach can go so far. And so what I tell people about YouTube is if you do remarketing true view, which means they have to watch a certain amount of your video to be counted as a view that you actually pay for. So if they skip it, everybody's seen those videos on YouTube that you skip before watching the cat video. Mom saying, you have to watch because she's going to bring it up when you're at dinner tonight. <laughs> if you skip it, they don't pay anything. And so there's still some forced branding though because you have to watch five seconds. But if you watch it, and you can do all kinds of overlays that allow people to click and go right to the site and the product that they were viewing. But if you watch it, it usually costs 10 to 12 cents for that view. And the average click on the display network can sometimes be up over a dollar or a dollar fifty. Mm. And so lots of opportunity, I think, on YouTube that people don't pay attention to as much. But YouTube, email, you can remarket through email in certain areas. You can remarket on the display network through dynamic ads or static ads that show the product they're looking at. You can also do a list that allows you to bid differently on them based on their behavior of your website in the past.
1: Oh. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it can get really complicated then. So, of those, what do you think is the most powerful or has the highest ROAS return on ad spend?
2: That is really going to vary. It's my most often response, but my least favorite response is it, it just depends. Mm-hmm. Every online company is probably going to have slightly different numbers based on their products, based on their website and their conversion rates. But I generally speaking, I really like the Remarketing list for search ads, especially if you have a researched product. So people are going through the process and they're going to do a lot of searches before they buy something. Finding out if that person is valuable or not to be bidding on again, and that so many companies don't look at this. You can actually take this list of all the people that have visited your site before, and let's just say you sell coffee cups. I'm staring at one in front of me. You sell coffee cups, and this person searched for you know white coffee cup, came to your site, didn't buy. Great. That's a list I can put in there. If they go back to Google again and they search for gray coffee cup or red coffee cup, you don't even have to change your bids in there and you can see them because normally you'd be bidding on them again anyway because they're searching for another coffee cup in which you sell. You can see, oh, the people that have been to my site that search this term either perform better or worse than the average person searching for this product off of Google. And if it does better, and so you catch them again in the research process, and they perform better, you bid up on them. Be more aggressive because the return is higher. You have more you can be spending on them. If it's worse, and it's like once they've been to your site and they leave, they're not going to buy on their second visit, then you just save the money. Don't bid on them at all, and you can actually spend that money on acquiring a new person to the site rather than somebody that's already been there and you know is not going to buy based on the data you see. And so there's a lot of levers that Google is now giving us as marketers that we really can get creepy to a degree, but also (laughs) really gives us extra levers to push more return when it's necessary and then pull back when it's not. So I think that those search ad remarketing lists can be super powerful. You can even do your past customers. So Google does have an email match. You can upload your past customers into Google and create an audience around them and say, okay, these 100,000 people have bought from me over the past decade. I upload them. Google will match. Generally, it's about 50%. So let's just say you have 50,000 people in an audience. You can now bid on them differently based on their search. If you know that people... Like if you sell mattresses, they're going to buy a mattress one time every 10 years on average, even though we're supposed to buy it more often than that. That list of people, if they're going off and you know that they bought in the past and they're searching again for another product you sell maybe you can bid more aggressively on them because now you sell pillows, for example, and they're searching Mm -hmm. for a pillow. Like, oh, I really did like that mattress. And they also sell pillows. That's great. I had a great experience on the mattress. Now I can buy pillows. You can bid more aggressively on them, even though it's a general search on pillows that maybe you wouldn't spend a lot of money on just by itself. But knowing something about that customer gives you the ability to be more aggressive than your competitors. It's a phenomenal subset of the remarketing world because you have some information about them.
1: This sounds like its own specialty. Just running ads is a specialty that you have to know a lot about. But even just going into remarketing, this is way deeper than I would have thought.
2: Oh man, we have an omni-channel strategy group now, internally in a logical position. And the reason they came about largely is because of all the demands of our clients trying to figure out how to get all of the use out of remarketing that they could. Mm. And so they were having so many of these conversations with our clients saying, oh, we need to be doing this, we need to be doing this, and and the strategist having to work with all of our teams. So like, hey, we just need a department that can do this. And so we've scaled internally. We've got a whole group that handles strategy across all of our accounts, and a lot of it is around remarketing. That's great. And just the things you can do that are, again, I kind of say it's creepy, (laughs) but really fantastic as far as a marketing person's concerned on the things you can do with these levers that Google gives you.
1: Yeah. And on the flip side of creepy, it it could be helpful, right? I mean, because you're reminding folks of where they were, what they were doing. And in terms of conversions, I mean, you know, we see at the good that you only have a certain amount of time to convert someone on your site. And that's a couple of minutes typically, if that. And so if they get distracted, they end up onto something else. It's often, even just personally, I forget what I was looking to do. And then I see a remarketing, and I'm like, oh, right, yeah, I really needed that. And, I, and then I end up going back and completing it. It seems to me, I'm hearing that there's a ton of data that can be collected to ensure proper remarketing. You just listed off a ton of them. So it gets real intricate pretty fast. You're listening to Drive & Convert, a podcast
0: focused on e-commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of The Good, a conversion rate optimization agency that works with e-commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers and Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, a digital marketing agency offering pay-per-click management, search engine optimization and website design services to brands of all sizes. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple podcasts and sharing it with a friend or
1: colleague. Thank you. Folks usually default to thinking about remarketing only on Google. What other kind of tools do you think could be used for remarketing? I know there's other providers out there, right? There's other tool sets that aren't Google. Display ad networks and things of that sort. Am I right in that thinking?
2: You are. Google's probably one of the most well-known just because if you're spending money on ads, it just becomes very easy to see, oh, there's a section for remarketing or display ads in Google. Everybody tries to claim that they have the largest... Display network on the market. And when you look at remarketing, a lot of it is done on the display network with display ads. And so, as you're reading an article on a, on a news site or something, you're going to see, you know, images that are ads all over as you're scrolling down. And we've been doing that for a while. Most people know about it. Most sites, not all, but most sites aren't going to say no to a display network that wants to put some ads on their site. And a lot of these ad buys are done behind the scenes on a secondary market that most people don't even... It's kind of like the Matrix. Most people don't even know it's there. But all of these ad buys are happening in this big secondary market that's an ad desk that all these networks kind of plug into and they all compete kind of in real time to whose ad's going to be where. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy when you start looking under the hood of the display network world. Uh, but from a remarketing perspective... Most companies are aware of Google, not a bad place to start. It covers almost everything. There's a couple other competitors in the display space of note that we come across most often. It's Critio and AdRoll. Both of them have some good things, some drawbacks, and they have some exclusive sites that maybe Google doesn't have access to. But by and large, most companies should at least start with Google because it's already there. They have your contact stuff, so give you an idea of how remarketing is going to work for you. AdRoll and Critio can do better arguably better ads. Uh, Google's use of the HTML5 stuff now can make pretty darn good ads if you have a good creative team. But from what I've seen, you do kind of go into buckets within Critio and AdBor. They say, okay, here's the kind of return you need. Great, this is your bucket. Here's what we're going to do for you. Done, it goes, and it just does a lot of work. You don't have a lot of extra levers to push and pull within their platform. It's kind of a we-do-it-for-you scenario. Mm. And... It can be good. The only thing I caution people to look at when they're at Criteo or AdRoll is generally those companies out of the box are taking full credit for a sale through remarketing for an impression. So if I'm scrolling through and reading a website and I happen to see a remarketing ad from a company whose site I was on, I didn't click on it. I just kept scrolling, finished the article. And then later that day, I went and bought direct, I just typed the website in, went and bought and finished my transaction. Mm-hmm. Generally, the pixel for AdRoll and Crudio will say, hey, Ryan went and bought and we did it. Our impression generated it and we claim 100% credit for that. So their report will generally say, and most marketing platforms take a lot of credit. So you just have to understand how to look <laughs> and filter that data to get a real number. Because you can see in Google Analytics, the click data, all right. AdRoll to critio, they had 50 clicks and this much revenue, not hard. But trying to assign a value to that impression becomes complicated and usually requires a conversation. But all that to say, Roll Critio for kind of the display products out there for remarketing, along with Google, Yahoo in the past has done a lot through remarketing, but they've kind of shrunk down and they're not as impactful. So generally, I would say for the display, those three Video remarketing generally lives on YouTube. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of video remarketers that compete yet with YouTube and the scope and size of them. Email remarketing has become a bigger and bigger player in the space. And so most people that come to your site, you can get an ad in front of them through a display network. Regardless of when you choose, you can probably find a website that they're going to be visiting and you can get an ad on. If they have an ad blocker on, probably not going to get that cookie. You're not going to be able to remarket to them. And so there's been a recently over the last couple of years, a couple of companies that have come up with the ability to send emails based on the pixels. So they have a list of I think the latest I heard is somewhere around 300 emails that they have permission to email. These people have opted and said, yes, you can email me. And they've been able to combine that with a pixel or a cookie saying, hey, they run your website. They didn't buy. And so we can filter that against converters. Let's send them an email and say, we'll give them a 10% off if they want to buy and they email it themselves on behalf of one of their partners, which would be you. And it's actually been gaining some good traction. And it's another opportunity to get in front of people that you couldn't get in front of before possibly, or in a way that they're actually going to pay attention. It is a little bit promo heavy, so you might give a 10% off discount, keep on code. But for many of these companies, they're willing to do it for free for a rev share. And so it's just kind of an add on, hey, if we're going to get a 10x with a 10% off, so we're going to get a 5x at the end of the day, that's not terrible.
1: No. I'm pretty sure this happened to me the other day because I was on a site. I didn't give them any information and I left. And then I got an email from them like about an hour later. It's like, hey, noticed you were on our site and didn't buy. Here's a discount if you want to come back. And it's like, how did they get my email? So that's pretty interesting.
2: If you look down at the bottom in the fine details of that email, you'll probably see that it came from a company you've never heard of Mm -hmm. on behalf of that company. I see. And I think if you haven't tested it and you've got enough traffic, and enough traffic would be, hey, you've got 30, 40, 50,000 visitors a month Mm -hmm. to start generating a real number through remarketing, I would at least consider it, at least testing it. And that's my general rule with most marketing. Test and measure if it's working, do it better or more. If it's not working stop it and then maybe come back and revisit it later once you understand some of the things that may have caused it to not work well. But as we live, especially as Americans, in a very busy, complex society where our attention's being drawn all over the place. I mean, you and I both have kids, John, where it's, <laughs> we're not sitting down in the evening and doing anything without an interruption. right? And so, we're not alone. And so, understanding that as our day, like as I go between three screens and I've got phone calls and emails and IMs and text messages coming on my phone that's on the other part of my desk, I'm going to get interrupted in the process of purchasing something more than likely. And so, remarketing, I believe, is going to have a bigger and bigger place in the overall online marketing scheme over the next few years. We're not going to get less attracted as Americans, I don't think. And so understanding the appropriate way to get in front of people in the way they want to be communicated with, text remarketing is becoming a bigger and bigger mm. thing, I think, especially with millennials that want to be communicated over on their phones almost exclusively. It's fun, but complex.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, SMS, like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, all those are platforms you can do remarketing on too, is it not?
2: You can. Social remarketing has been a big one. And a lot of companies, I suggest that that's the way they test social marketing. Mm -hmm. If you've not done ad buys through Facebook and Instagram yet, an easy way to test it and the validity and what kind of return you can get is start by remarketing on them. So if you're selling, again, we'll go back to my coffee cup example. If you're selling coffee cups and you're going to remarket to them on Facebook, these people have been to your site, they've seen your product, they know who you are, they haven't bought yet. If you put an ad in front of them on Facebook and Instagram to try to draw them back and that ad does not work at a profitable level or rate that makes sense, the chances of going out and finding a broad swath of customers that have never heard of you before to buy at a rate that makes sense for you is much lower. And so if remarketing works, that tells me that there could be some potential to draw in or prospect new customers off of social channels through ads. There's always some ways you can do it without ads, but at least do ads. So it's a good way to test it all and see if that can make sense for your brand.
1: Okay, this has been really educational for me. I appreciate that. I'm now wondering, what kind of budget should be reserved for remarketing versus like driving initial traffic? Is it maybe a percentage that someone should be setting aside of like their total budget spend on traffic? What do you typically see there or recommend? And I know it varies, but... Is there like a general rule of thumb, like people should be at least trying a certain percentage of their overall budget towards remarketing?
2: It's my wonderful, it depends answer again, unfortunately. But the bigger and more complex and the more research that is done to make a purchase of your product or service, the more you're probably going to spend on remarketing. Mm. You want to be staying top of mind. If you're selling $10 coffee cups, you're probably not going to have a huge portion of your budget on remarketing. And so there's probably going to be somewhere between 5 and 15%. Again, there's going to be outliers on that 100% mm-hmm. of the time. There's always going to be outliers. Right, right. But step one is just start doing it if you're not doing it. And then understand that you need to have frequency caps so that you're not blasting somebody and spending $20 remarketing your $10 coffee cup in one day because you won't <laughs> stop being in front of them. and understand that you're going to test and measure your promotions. Sometimes you're going to need promotions to get people back to the site to buy something. Sometimes you won't. It's just timely like, "Oh yeah, you forgot that something was in your shopping cart." Or, "Oh, I was looking at that, you know, red shoe." I mean, also when you cross apps, bring apps into the space, that's another big one. I tend to be kind of a sneakerhead and so I buy stuff on Nike's app and the remarketing potential within that space for them is even more creepy and awesome because they have all the first party data around what am I doing on their app and on their website and what type of products do they want to prospect me with? Hey, you've never seen this shoe. You should think about it. You know, I'm a huge fan of Jordan 4s. So anytime there's a new Jordan 4 release coming up, they know they need to let me know about that before. Even though I've never seen the product, they are remarketing to me with a brand new product because they have that data of what I've purchased in the past. So, so much opportunity in the space that you probably need to be a little bit uncomfortable with your remarketing budget. I love saying that to people because they're like, okay, I'm going to dedicate 10% of remarketing. Okay, that's good. But if you see it working, don't be afraid to go to 20%. Why not? If it's there and you can put money in front of it and you're getting a return that makes sense for your brand, there's no reason not to do it.
1: Yeah, it's a awesome way to just attack the people who are already interested, right? They're obviously already interested. So get your ad back in front of them because they were already on your site. So that's a great way to attack that marketplace that is there and for conversions, get them back to your site. For sure. Ryan, what's the biggest common mistake you see around remarketing?
2: Oversimplification. I think we've got the data, we've got all of the levers where you can push and pull to get the appropriate message in front of the appropriate person at the appropriate time. And so often I see just blanket remarketing as the name of their campaign in the display now. They have one campaign, all visitors in there, they have no frequency cap. They're just like, Yeah, we spent, you know, a thousand a day on our general marketing, we spend a hundred a day on remarketing, done. And they just let it run. And they just think that it is what it is. Like, we randomly get a sale, we don't. It is probably necessary to build multiple campaigns for multiple audiences and change the messaging throughout the time decay model. So day one, you have one message for them when they don't buy. And if they don't buy, you move them to your three-day remarketing list where the messaging change or the ad changes, so you're staying fresh. And if they don't buy, then they move to their seven-day remarketing list. And so you're always moving converters off of these lists as they go down. We even have a... You can store a pixel on somebody's site for 540 days. So we have a long-term pixel list that we use for friends and family events or discounts online or when they want to run a big promotion. We can get more aggressive with those people that have been to the site in the past when they're searching for a broad term, broad non-brand term or something. So not getting complex enough is one of the biggest issues most companies are having. There's a lot more levers you can put into your remarketing uh, and starting just with all that data that you're tracking and having the granular lists that allow you to do some of that really cool slash creepy remarketing to make your company more impactful in its digital marketing, its traffic generation.
1: So Ryan, this has been a super educational experience for me. I really appreciate you sharing your experience on remarketing and re-engaging your audience. I know this is something that you have that whole omni-channel team you mentioned at Logical Position that handle this. People wanna get a hold of you, ask you any additional questions. Uh, I know we'll put into the show notes how they can email you uh, directly, but this has been an amazing experience. I look forward to our next topic coming up here next week.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate it. Anytime I can get into the weeds on helping clients get more success from all of their marketing in general, I'm in for it. And I can just have some conversations uh, individually with anybody listening.
1: I'd love to, because it's just fun for me. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Talk to you soon. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Drive and Convert with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. To keep up to date with new episodes, you can subscribe at driveandconvert.com.